With the town still busy discussing the best places to work in the federal government, it's also a good time to reflect on what makes a good or great place to work. With some experienced reflection on that question, Bob Tobias, professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. And I guess it's pretty hard to separate, Bob, the whole question of best places to work from the leadership in those best places to work, isn't it? It is. It really is. Well, then what is the ingredient for leadership that's going to contribute to a work environment? People say, hey, not bad here. Well, OPM did some study of a couple of agencies and found something interesting, at least to me. They found that there is a direct relationship to increasing performance management scores and increasing engagement scores. So when agencies work on getting better performance from uh, employees, engagement scores also go up. So for example, in HUD between 2013 and 2015, all they did was to direct supervisors to create performance plans that linked to the mission of HUD And over two years, their performance scores increased by 9%, but their engagement scores also increased by 9%. And then with federal occupational health between 2015 and 2019, they linked individual scores to mission, but they also said, supervisors, what you need to do is coach those you lead. And over that four-year period, performance scores increased 37%, engagement scores increased by 37%. So think, Tom, what it would be like if supervisors were actually trained on coaching those they lead. In those two cases, they were just directed and the supervisors were directed and they responded. But think what it would be like if they were trained in how to create a trusting environment and so forth. Those scores, both in performance and engagement, I believe would go up quite dramatically across the government. If you look at this question holistically, and up into the performance of the mission delivery. I guess people like working in organizations that are high-performing. Say you work in the retail industry, and if the place you're working is shutting down all the stores and liquidating everything, probably it's not a place you're going to feel great about working. Whereas if the performance on mission, and then we can back this up to what leadership has to do there, but if you are in a place that is high-performing in the view of the public, in the view of the constituents, that's a really important ingredient to start with, sounds like. It is. And more importantly, 80% of the people who come to the federal government come because they want to be involved in larger in something larger than themselves. And so when their goals are linked to mission goals, they have the greatest incentive to continue to work harder in the future. And that shows, I guess, the importance of being able to have metrics in place to show that your mission is being accomplished. It does. And not just gross, abstract link to mission, but a direct link to mission. How does my work reproducing documents contribute to the success of the agency? Now, a good supervisor can show that, but a supervisor who doesn't care or doesn't know how or isn't directed to focus on it doesn't do it. How then do you take individual performance and tie it to the mission? I mean, in most missions, there's a lot of people involved to carry it out. And so how do you connect someone's individual performance to the larger picture there? I mean, not everybody's a CEO. So everybody at every level has a piece of the assignment. So that has to be described, a piece of the mission. And when that is described down to the first level, then that supervisor knows precisely what he or she contributes to mission accomplishment can articulate that to those they lead, and can draft performance objectives consistent with that uh, objective. 
We're speaking with Bob Tobias, professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. There's a corny and probably apocryphal story, but you've heard it. You've probably used it in classes. We've all used it about the janitor at NASA in the 60s, and the president ostensibly asked, what's your job here? And he says, I'm helping put a man on the moon. His job on the surface was cleaning the floors, but he saw himself in terms of of helping the ultimate mission there. That's kind of what we're talking about a little bit, isn't it? It is what we're talking about, and that's the first step, linking my work to the mission of the agency. But the second part of that is a supervisor who understands that responsibility, a supervisor who has the skills to coach someone who isn't performing, a supervisor who can extract the, the collective intelligence from a knowledge worker group who can create a learning environment. Now, those are all developmental uh, skills where um, that can be provided, but they're not provided in the federal government. And so for the supervisor that has to create this kind of environment and create these metrics and goals for people, what is that supervisor's metric? Well, the supervisor is given the metric, clearly, whatever that metric is, and then allocates and divides it among those they lead. So it requires a, a, a waterfall effect of the person at the top describing what the goals and objectives of the organization are, flowing right down to the first-level supervisor. When that's done, I know as, as, as a follower what I'm supposed to do to contribute to mission accomplishment. And one of the mistakes I guess agencies make in elevating people to management is taking people that are really good at a professional or technical function and then elevating them to management or leadership, A, if they're not suited for it temperamentally or in terms of talent, or B, if they are, but they don't get the training that they need and education they need on how to manage and lead. Exactly. I can be an individual performer, but when I'm a leader, I have to, I have to be we, not I. And if I can be we, that's what we're talking about. If I can work with you to identify how you're linked to mission goals, if I can coach you, if I can learn with you, we can knock it out of the park. Now, in the key executive leadership program, there is the idea of leaders as having kindness. And on the surface, I guess that sounds like a fuzzy kind of amorphous, nice-to-have, kumbaya type of quality. But in reality, it's kind of an important concept that can be used in an applied way for developing people that, in a way that helps the mission. I can't coach you. If I'm unkind to you, Tom, I can't coach you. I, I mean, I, I can't ask you to be involved with me if I'm horrible to you. So kindness is kind of the infrastructure for creating the relationship we need in order to accomplish the mission, goals, and objectives. And you can be kind and caring even if you're – I mean, I'm thinking of someone like Bobby Knight who was highly criticized for the way he treated players, except the players loved him. And, and still think highly of them, even after some late career scandals and so forth. So it's not a matter of necessarily touchy-feely, but it's the underlying attitude that you bring of caring that comes through, I think, sometimes even in a gruff surface. Well, it comes through, kindness comes through authentic behavior. Authentic behavior requires me, Tom, to tell you when you're doing a good job and when you're not doing a good job. Because if I were only telling you you were doing a good job, you, knew, you would know I was lying to you because sometimes you don't do a good job. And if I only focus on you doing the bad job, I think I'm doing a good job. So it's the authentic relationship based on kindness. 
that induces you to give me your discretionary energy to accomplish my goals as the leader. And therefore, the corollary is also true. A nice and moonlight and roses exterior can mask a fundamental not caring. And I'm in it for myself, but that can be hidden under an exterior that at least on the surface or initially seems, wow, what a nice person. Right. That's why I said authentic. All right. So authenticity, caring, anything else we need to know about getting the right kind of leadership? It's not only getting the right kind of person who's predisposed to this, but giving them the added skills necessary to create these relationships. We all have issues creating relationships. Some of us can create it with some people and not with others. Some of us have barriers to creating relationships. It's through development that we discover what we need to do to enhance our ability to create relationships in the workplace. Bob Tobias is a professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.